It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think you're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. As always, you can find the podcast on the Himalaya podcast app, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other places on the internet. We're pretty much everywhere. Go check us out. Appreciate the likes, subscribes, reviews, ratings, all that good stuff. The Bengals play a game today, Joe. Oh, man. We're here. That means we made it, right? We're counting down to kickoff. Not this kickoff, but we made it to a kickoff, so I feel like we should be celebrating, right? Right. This is, I mean, it's not It's not 100% real football, but it's football. And in fact, I love the preseason, Jake. I love everything about it, from not caring about the score or the outcome of the games. Like, when if you ask me, hey, Joe, what happened in the, in the game yesterday, and it's preseason, I don't tell you if they won or lost. It, it could be guys at work, hey, did the Bills win yesterday? Oh, I don't care. It, how, did J, how did Josh Allen play, right? So that's how I am for for the Bengals, obviously. But uh, it, that's what I care about. The player evaluation to me is just as important, even in the regular season. But so preseason, it takes precedent. It is the main objective. Man, that gets me excited. I love that about the preseason, too. And I don't really care what the score is in Bengals games. But when I'm watching the Browns, for example, or Steelers in the preseason, I still want them to lose. Is that is that wrong of me? <laughs> I guess I want them to play terrible. Like I'm out there, I'm watching the Browns the other day. I'm like, come on, Baker Mayfield, throw an interception. Look like you're you're not going to be a stud. And he goes out there without his top two receivers, and he looked fantastic. And who I'm did like, they come play? on. Do you remember who they played against? <laughs> it's like no, it's like when I'm watching college football, I'm just focusing Washington. singularity on one player. It was Washington. That's right, because yes, Mac Wilson had two interceptions off Dwayne Haskins. Right. Mac Wilson. We weren't big fans, but uh, here he is. He went where we thought he should, and then PF. Yeah. I mean, according to PFF, he played maybe his best game since high school in his in his preseason debut. So, 
Good for him, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he, you know, if I were to say what where area was he good at, it was coverage. But he didn't test as a great athlete. So he kind of got to throw it near his vicinity, and both passes were. So I'm not trying to take anything away from him. He had a great debut. If Jermaine Pratt came out and had that same debut, we'd be going nuts right now. Yeah. Well, maybe he will. So basically, Pratt better have three interceptions uh, tonight. Looking forward to it. There's your first prediction for tonight's preseason game from our own Joe Goodberry. Yeah. <laughs> That's our stone cold lead pipe locked in prediction. Lock Jermaine it Pratt in. Olympics. Go find the prop bet on Jermaine Pratt interceptions and hammer that three. Yep. That'd be a lot of money in that. Don't don't do that. You'll lose all you'll lose everything. Okay. So what are we looking at? First, who's out, right? We should start with that for the Bengals tonight. Uh, Zach Taylor during his press conference, we haven't talked about it. He, he basically came straight out and said, these guys aren't playing. Overall, as we, as we prepare for Saturday, I know you guys probably have questions on who's going to play, who's going to play when, all that stuff. The guys that won't play on defense are Carl Austin and Geno Adkins. Those guys will not play in the game. Um, Carl really is a guy that we had this plan in place coming off the ACL months ago that he wouldn't play in this game. And, and Gino, just a guy we'll just give an extra day of rest to. Uh, you know, on offense, uh, don't expect the two running backs to play. And again, that is nothing, nothing of any significance whatsoever. We need to see these young guys pass protect and see what they can do to step up. Uh, so they're going to get to play the whole game. Those guys, those other two guys could very well play if we had needed them to, but we don't need them to. So they're not going to. Um, Tyler Eifert won't play in this game. Again, just, just protecting him as he comes back off that injury, making sure we get the most out of him. He's been great. He's been awesome. You've seen him run around. He, he's the real deal, and he looks very healthy out there. But we're going to hold him back for this game. And um, Other than that, John Ross is still day-to-day. So, you know, he hasn't practiced. Don't anticipate him playing in the game. But he's still day-to-day, and hopefully we get him back sooner rather than later. Uh, we activated um, Rodney Anderson off the NFI list yesterday, so he got a chance to go through the walkthrough for the first time. He'll go through the practice. Uh, it's too too early to ask him to play in a game this weekend. You know, probably not next weekend earlier uh, either. Next Thursday, we've really got a five practice plan for him. He hasn't played since last September, and so but he's been working his tail off. He has been as dialed in as any rookie you're ever going to get to see in terms of the special teams meetings, the special teams walkthroughs, everything he's observed. Uh, the guy has been everything that we intended him to be when we drafted him, and uh, that's one of the reasons we liked him so much, not just his on-the-field talent, but his intangible. So it's really good to get Rodney back and get him in the fold and see what he can do here in this preseason. So to summarize, neither running back, none of the starting running backs, I should say, will be a lot of Travion Williams and the undrafted rookie running back, whose name is Ellis. What's his first name? Jordan. Jordan Ellis, who had a actually really good blitz pickup when we were down there at the practice. Uh, it was Clayton Vegelum came screaming off the corner out of the slot on a blitz and just got stoned. It was really impressive. John and I both noticed well, it immediately and talked to each other about it. Uh, but neither of the starting running backs are playing. Gino's not going to play. Carl Lawson's not going to play. Um Rodney Anderson, you heard Zach Taylor was very effusive in his praise of the young running back, but he's on a five-practice plan, according to Taylor, and is not going to play this weekend. John Ross still dealing with the hamstring. And another player that didn't practice – oh, Tyler Eifert's also not playing. Uh, But another player that didn't practice when we were down there was Kerry Wynn, who hasn't been reported on any injury list and wasn't just mentioned by Zach Taylor there, but he was not practicing uh, when we were down there at Paul Brown Stadium. 
so I wonder if he'll he won't play either. And he's probably he's veteran depth anyway, so at this point he probably doesn't need to play. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. Rodney Anderson, you know, I, I can see him not playing next week also as they slowly get him into there into the game. But at the same time, you don't want to play Mixon or Bernard in preseason if you can, you know, at least maybe week three. So uh, it, a lot's going to fall on Travion Williams. I think Travion Williams. I asked him about this and and our sit down with him and and he's excited. He knows he's going to be a bit of a bell cow, at least in this first game of the preseason. He's he's excited to get out there and get all his touches in. Yeah, good. I, I want to see him play a lot. And, and um, I think Taylor's mention of the backup and young running backs picking up and pass protection is key because I think that's what we should all look out for. Even Quentin Flowers, you know, he's going from being a quarterback and calling the protection to actually being the guy that's got to pick it up and protect his quarterback. So we'll see a lot of that. We'll see a lot of Ellis. Um, yeah, that's fun. I think if there's one position in preseason that you can find a surprise player and see it right away in preseason and let those guys take over the game, it's that running back. And I think you see it around the league a lot. I mean, look at Philip Lindsay last year for the, mm-hmm. for the Denver Broncos and they ended up killing the Bengals halfway through the year, right? But, uh, you know, if you find one of those guys and it happens at running back more than any, it it can really help your offense out in a big way. Not I'm not talking preseason. I mean, you keep those guys for the regular season. Speaking of Quentin Flowers, he was in the punt protection team. He was in there as a personal protector to the punter. Good for him. That helps. That helps out a lot. Previous guys that have done it, Cedric Benson and Rex Burkhead, that ends up being your way onto the roster and onto the team. I was just amused that they had a quarterback as a personal protector in the punt team. I mean, he's a running back now, but you know what I mean. Yeah, right. It's a little comical. And that's why I think it's comical for him to be picking up the blitz or listening to the quarterback. Right. I wonder if he knows the blitz protection and pickups more than the average running back because of it. Probably more than the average running back, but not more than Travion Williams, who no, also mentioned. All. And we'll play this audio probably next week. Travion Williams said that there's actually a lot of the same terminology he got from college with Jim Turner coming in and managing the run game, managing protections with this offensive line. We need to take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about some players that we're going to watch. We talked about the players the Bengals are interested in watching in yesterday's podcast. And we'll also talk a little bit about some of the players on the Chiefs that are going to be interesting that were some of our draft favorites. We'll be right back. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back, Bengals fans, with the Locked On Bengals podcast. Uh, We've got the preseason game tonight. So this is our preview. This is our opportunity to finally talk about what we expect to see and who we expect to see, but also to lend some excitement and who we're going to look at. Who are my eyes going to be glued to? And we mentioned Travion Williams in the first segment. 
But for me, man, I think a lot of people feel this way. I think a lot of people are going to be hyper-focused on these guys, and I probably will write about them. I don't know if it'll be week one, uh, because I'll probably do the left guard battle week one. But as we get enough snaps and targets in their direction, Damian Willis and, and Stanley Morgan Jr. have to be really high on a lot of our uh, list of people we're going to be hyper-focused on. Zach Taylor is really excited for this undrafted group of wide receivers. He says they've all stepped up. He says it's the best group of undrafted free agent receivers he's been around in his time in the NFL. Let's take a listen to what he had to wow. say when we asked him about it. They've probably gotten more reps than any undrafted, case, any undrafted guys in the league, you know, just because of the injuries we've, we've had, and they've been forced to step up. Really impressed. Um, probably the best group of undrafted receivers I've ever been around in, in my years in the NFL. And so those guys have really, really stepped up. They make mistakes, but the mistakes aren't lazy mistakes where they're not paying attention. It's just because maybe they got overloaded in that moment or they crossed it up with something. And, I, and we can live with that in training camp. If a guy has shown great effort in the meetings, you can tell that he's got great character and he wants to be really good. Just occasionally his, his head explodes a little bit and he makes an error. That, that's, you know, we're going to live with that. Don't make the same mistake twice. Been really impressed with Bentel Bryant, Damian Willis, and Stanley Morgan Jr. Those three guys have been really impressive. So one name you might have heard Zach Taylor mention that we haven't talked that much about is Ventrell Bryant. He is actually still excited for Bryant as well, even though the the fan focus, and I think rightfully so, is on Stanley Morgan and on Damian Willis. Those are the two guys that have made more plays in camp. camp. Bryant has had a nice camp too. And you have to figure this, these guys are going to play a lot, these undrafted guys, but the whole receiver group as a whole, I think the only guy that's going to come off the field when Andy Dalton does, whatever that, you know, when the starters come out, whether that's one drive or whatever, uh, I see Tyler Boyd coming off. But then I see, I mean, even the other guys that are starting right now, if that core and Josh Malone, those guys still need reps. And just last year, those have been guys that are out there in the fourth quarter still. So I don't see... Uh, you know, uh, this as a, well, we're going to take Malone and core off the field and just let Damian Willison and Alex Erickson and probably Alex Erickson is probably the next most valuable guy. So maybe he's number two that comes off. But uh, I don't see these undrafted guys just, just being saved for the fourth quarter. I think we'll start to see the rotation right on the second drive. And maybe you see Malone and core throughout the first half and then Auden Tate somewhere in there. But I think these guys are going to get a lot of snaps. And if I was in fantasy football, I would – yeah, if these guys are going to play a lot, I, I would, I'd probably take Damian Willis and Stanley Morgan. Are we talking about daily preseason fantasy football lineups? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw people were doing them. I didn't know people did it in the preseason. I, I would say, based on training camp, we'll see Damian Willis and Stanley Morgan potentially with the ones, depending on how long that drive is. It wouldn't sure. be surprising to me, though, since it is just one scripted drive if it is just core and Malone and Boyd for the first drive, it also wouldn't surprise me if we see the undrafted guys, because they've been out there with the ones in drills consistently throughout camp. But I agree with you. I think it'll be core Malone for the whole first half. And I'm going to be really interested to see how Malone does against other competition. The chiefs don't have great defensive backs. So we've seen Josh Malone win against William Jackson we talked to Josh Malone too. He's he's confident. He seems excited to go. I'm going to be watching him closely and see if seeing if he can get open against another team's secondary. You know what's funny is last year when I was heading down to camp, I was talking to people as I was going down there, and uh, you know, like, well, how's this guy looking? How's that guy looking? How's Malone looking year two? And one guy said 
the team thinks he might be Marvin Jones. Like he, he, he might be on the cusp of breaking out and being a, a number four receiver for the, cause they had Ross, but uh, really a guy they can count on and put in there. And then he might have high upside. Then he got hurt in minicamp and he missed some time. And then he, he dealt with his struggles and got hurt in the regular season also. And it never came to fruition. They had one catch all year. Right. And I wonder if now, like the team really likes him. He stepped up in, in place of AJ green. If he can have a strong preseason, if it's like, okay, we've got somebody because he was young. He had a lot of talent. He's fast. He's big. There's room there that where it shouldn't be surprising if he does come out of this preseason where we're like, yeah, we've got something in Josh Malone. And I think the only thing that really differentiates Marvin Jones and, and Josh Malone for me right now is, well, there's two things. I think Jones was a bit of a better route runner, right? This is something that Josh Malone yep. said he's still working on when we talked to him. It's something that he's focused on improving in his game. I think Marvin Jones also had a better knack for coming down with a contested pass. Yeah, I would say that. But if you remember Marvin Jones' earliest first couple of years, he was struggling with his hands at times and yeah. getting his hands to face the ball correctly and his release on his routes at times were, were awkward. He even said this, I remember. But his natural agility and acceleration allowed him to quickly progress as a route runner, I think, where a long angular maybe more straight line speed guy like Malone is always going to deal with some route running issues, even when he becomes, if he becomes a good route runner. Exactly. I, I am excited to see him play though. I'm also with you. I'm excited to see those receivers really interested to see how they manage left guard. It sounds like it's going to be John Jerry for the full drive with the ones. And Zach Taylor told us not to read too much into it. He said, this is part of the plan. We're going to have two weeks of rotation with the ones with the guards, but we don't want to just, you know, they're only doing one drive this week. And then next week, if they play a quarter, well, they're not going to, you know, necessarily rotate the guards every drive either. Yep. So he did caution fans. He cautioned us against reading too much into what happens with the left guard position. But seeing if the seeing if the offensive line can hold up against guys that aren't going to stop their pass rush and are going to hit the quarterback is another area that we obviously need to pay attention to. And they've got Chris Jones on the inside there. So if you've got to block Chris Jones and these guys do well against him, that's uh, a big plus for your you know opportunity to start as the left guard week one. Who else are you watching, Joe? I'm excited to see I'm excited to see Jesse Bates in year two to make sure that he's exactly what we think he should be. I'm excited to see Nick Vigil to see how he's progressing with this new defense. Yeah, and I would kick it back to the offense. I'm excited to see Drew Sample. And I think he's gonna play a lot. Uh, he's going to get a lot of different opportunities. I mean, do you look back at his Washington tape and he just doesn't get a lot of chances to catch passes. And not only that, he runs like two different routes. So I, if they even do anything different with him at all, I will be excited for that part of the evaluation. It, that's always the fun part for me, uh, going from what you see on tape as a, in college to how a team uses him. Either sometimes they use him exactly how he did in college. And you're like, great, because that's what he excelled at. Right. And sometimes it's like, we think that he's much more than what they did in college and we're going to try and use him that way. And that creates a different excitement of, well, can he do it? Let's see if he can. Maybe Washington didn't use him that way because he can't do it. But we're going to hope and, and be on the Bengals side here and say, uh, let's see him in this new role and see if he can catch some passes and run some routes. It's a really good point. I'm excited to see how they use the tight ends and, and him in particular, Sample in particular, well, they use him the same way or not. I know there, there's some hype around Seathan Carter in my mind because he had that big touchdown catch against Jordan Evans in single coverage, and he is putting up a fight to get onto the roster, and there's a lot of depth at the tight end position on this team. 
So it'll be interesting to see if they any of these backup tight ends, any of these Seath and Carter and further down the depth chart kind of guys make a compelling enough argument to stay on the team. I want to see Ryan Glasgow coming back from injury. And it sounds like he, you know, they feel comfortable with him. But I, from an evaluation standpoint, does he look as quick? Does he look as agile? Is he protecting that leg? Is he not trusting it? There's a lot of things when guys come back from injury that you can look for that's just on tape. Also at linebacker. Uh, obviously, Jermaine Pratt, we want to see. I want to see Malik Jefferson. He had a really good preseason based on PFF grades last year, and that didn't translate to him getting on the field. Uh, and that's when people say preseason doesn't matter. Well, it, the score doesn't matter, but a lot of the in-between matters. I want to see if Jefferson is on the roster bubble, or is he closer to, yeah, he can play special teams, but we've got other guys we feel comfortable with, comfortable with going on defense before him. And if that's the case, that's okay for now. I'd like him to be closer to playing and contributing to the defense, but I definitely don't want him to be on the point where I feel like he is a potential cap casualty. He looks like right now he's on the roster bubble. That's my perception. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I agree. It'll be interesting to see how much he gets on the field. And it's also interesting. You brought up Ryan Glasgow. They're okay running him out there, but they're, they're holding back Carl Lawson. They're coming off the same injury. I said the exact same thing on a podcast I just did where they were talking about IDP fantasy, so the Bengals defensive players. And I said, I think they know exactly how much Carl Lawson means to this defense mm-hmm. because Glasgow and him, same injury a week apart, right? They should be managed the same way. And Taylor tried to pass it off as, oh, well, he's got an injury or he's coming back and we don't want to give him too much. But it's only Geno Atkins and Carl Lawson. No, I think they know exactly that he's their best pass rusher. And when he's off the field, uh, they're a worse team for it. So let's protect him as much as possible. Yeah, they're managing Lawson a little bit like they're managing Eifert, where if these guys are healthy and full 100% participants in the regular season, the team is a lot better. Let's take a quick break and we'll wrap up our preview for the game, talk about some of those guys on the Chiefs, and talk about any remaining Bengals that we haven't talked about that we're going to keep an eye on right after this break. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be the perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text five star to eight seven zero 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 right now to learn more. Choosing to start your business with five star painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and the best at business with five star painting. You'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of. You'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your landscape business to meet your personal and professional goals and you will go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a five-star painting owner, you'll be part of the greater Neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glass Doctor, and Mr. Rooter. Joe and I run our own business to some degree here on the Lockdown Bengals podcast, and we set all of our own hours, we make all of our own rules, and we have a lot of fun doing it. On top of that, I worked for myself when I lived in Seattle, and I gotta say, reporting to just myself was some of the most enjoyable work experience of my life. Whether you've been thinking about starting your own business or you're already running your own painting company, text 5STAR to 87000 to learn more about how a 5STAR painting franchise can help you get where you want to go faster than going it alone. Again, text F-I-V-E-S-T-A-R to 87000 to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area. And we're thankful for them sponsoring the Locked On Bengals podcast. And we're back for segment three, you know, Jake, as we're um, preparing that break there and, and as we're recording, you told me, don't go watch Devin Bush Steelers highlights of his debut in preseason. And I started to watch it. Now I wish I didn't. I told you, you're like a child. You, don't, right. don't, don't do this thing. It's going to hurt you. Proceed to do things. But I want to see. Right. I got to see for myself. Yes, it does hurt me. You're right. And I, I wish that didn't happen. So now I know. If, if it means anything, I just quickly looked at the Pro Football Focus refocused article for their game. He, he did not appear in the good or bad performances, so it might be that he has some flashy plays and some highlights, but his overall performance wasn't either elite or poor. So are there a lot of expectations on Pratt? I mean, when you see Mac Wilson play well, you see that Steelers fans are at least happy with the way Devin Bush played. Do we get Pratt and say... We hope. I mean, because a direct comparison to like Malik Jefferson, who got no run with the team last year, third round pick, Nick Vigil, who played nothing as a rookie. We're kind of still hoping Jermaine Pratt plays some this year and, and makes an impact and hopefully is good right away because that'd be awesome for the linebacker unit. How focused should we be? And, I, and we will be, I'm sure. But I, I think a lot of fans are going to be looking directly at Jermaine Pratt on defense. We talked to Jermaine Pratt, too. We keep talking to all these guys that I talked to two days ago, and it's great. Uh I, he, he, it was really funny when we asked him, you know, are you feeling confident? Who's a leader on the defense? Are you going to be a leader in the future? He said when he, when he got the audio helmet on, that's the first time I think he's done it. He wasn't used to somebody talking in his ear and him leading the huddle. He said he was stuttering 
uh, when he first started doing it. And then he started gaining confidence and now he feels a lot better about it. So I think Pratt is on a different trajectory than Malik Jefferson was for sure. From the start mentally, he's, he's already there, right? He's already on the trajectory to be the guy who's calling the plays on the defense. He's a rookie. So he has a ways to go before he figures it all out. But I don't think the comparison to Malik Jefferson is going to be something that we really think about for that long, just because I think they're on very different paths. It's interesting to me in the Paul Denner piece where he talked to players, coaches, and personnel about who they're excited to see. Uh, three or four people mentioned Jermaine Pratt, of course, as, as fans would too. But they all mentioned almost the same thing, that you're not a safety anymore. You, you know, you're not 220, you're 235, 240. You need to play like it, or we want him to play like it, or we need to see him play like a big physical downhill linebacker. Darren Simmons was the one especially. And uh, I thought that was interesting. I wonder if he's dealing with that a little bit in camp right now, and it's something to keep an eye on. That quote stood out to me too, because when you watch him on tape, he hits so hard. Like when he makes contact with the ball carrier, that ball carrier is going flat, fast. So I'm surprised to hear that there may be an issue with him being physical and, and playing with power. It was interesting. I asked him about the transition from safety to linebacker as well. He said he played safety at 230. He was big when he was playing mm. safety. Yeah, that's a big boy. Uh, I bet you they had him in the box doing linebacker stuff anyways at that point. It must have been an easy transition. I, I would imagine that it wasn't the the hardest transition. He did say that one of the things that's most difficult for him is – the the speed of the game is a little bit faster you have to you have to diagnose and deal with linemen a lot more obviously when when you're in the box every down rather than maybe being five yards off so instead of seeing it and reacting and being able to run to the play you have to immediately see okay that guard's pulling where am I supposed to go right now so maybe he is having some issues dealing with offensive linemen in the NFL but again, he's a rookie. I think I think he's on a positive trajectory. I feel pretty good about his future from from what I've seen and heard. Good. Um, anyone else that stands out or what you're expecting to see, hoping to see? I, I kind of hope Darius Phillips gets a lot of return opportunities, and you know, because I, I still think he's he's like the final guy or the fourth or fifth guy, depending on where the corner depth chart shakes out. But I I want him to be on this roster, so I'm hoping he can add value as a return man because we know what Erickson is as a, spe- as a safe special teams return guy. I would like to have that Pac-Man where they can put him in there and say, listen, we, we need a splash play, and hopefully that's Darius Phillips. But uh, anyone else you've got before we talk about some Chiefs players? It'll be interesting to see how Josh Malone does in the kick return game as well. He said he's done it before, but it, it sounds like it's been since high school maybe, and he took some took some kick returns in practice in college but never did it in an actual game. So it'll be interesting to see if his speed can play out in the kick return game, just talking about the, the kick return game. And you make a good point that the corner depth is another very interesting part of this roster. Uh, I'm interested to see... And preseason isn't going to be a great time to to judge this, but we've seen a lot of single high safety stuff from the Bengals in in camp so far. It'll be interesting to see if they do, uh, if they stick with that sort of defensive design. See if we see any of the five two stuff with, uh, you know, Gino yeah. Glasgow. Well, I guess Gino's not playing, but three three down linemen with two edge guys out there as well. Um, and seeing it, how, what they do with those guys. Are they going to drop into coverage? I don't know if that's something we're going to see in the preseason. They might want to keep that one in their back pocket. Uh, but talking about the Chiefs, 
there are a lot of players on the Chiefs that we really liked in the draft process. Not so much their second round pick, which I think was their first round pick in the draft, Miko Hardman, but we really liked Juan Thornhill. He they got him in the third round. We really right third round, late yep, second round, safety. Yeah. Uh, they had two third round picks. They also got Kalen Saunders out there, and both of those guys will probably be with the second team for the Chiefs. And Darwin Thompson was our top running back, and they got him late. Yeah. And he, so we'll see him in the fourth quarter. I no doubt in my mind he's going to tear it up. I love Darwin Thompson as a receiver and running back that, that can make guys miss. He's a bit, a bit on the small side, but uh, highly athletic and, and fast. I, he's going to tear it up. Uh, but, yeah, Kalen Saunders and Juan Thornhill are funny because I, I keep seeing their name on Twitter, especially Juan Thornhill. But it seems like the team instantly – sometimes we – I think we talked about it on this podcast a while ago. Uh, but when teams instantly know – that they've got someone in camp like man we knew we liked this guy when we drafted him but they show up sometimes they're not exactly what you thought but sometimes they're like yes we've got a we've got a cornerstone player already and that it seems like the chiefs are already on that with thornhill and saunders and the Bengals had that last year with jesse bates same position as thornhill i mean they released yep. george iloka out of nowhere we were all shocked and it's because they had a guy and they knew this is going to be a guy uh, so it'll be really interesting to see those guys for the Chiefs. Also, apparently, we're going to see Patrick Mahomes leading that offense for the entire first quarter. Should be a good first test for that yeah, that's, defense. That's interesting, right? Like uh, you got a, you got the MVP from last year. Why play him? And then I started to think, well, what if he gets? What if someone gets banged up? You might as well have him get him banged up week one rather than week three, where they only got two weeks to re- recover. Uh, you give him full full four weeks if something happens, right? Well, you really hope nothing happens. I think, but but I guess so. I see your point there. But things that makes do sense. happen. Yeah. Yeah, that well, makes I'm sense. Well, I just trying to think why they would do it. Why would you play him for a full quarter? Maybe they're not going to play him in week three or four, and they want to get him in, in in week one right. and two instead. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's your point. Yeah, that could very well be the case. It'll be a really good test for Lou Anarumo. I mean, even in a vanilla preseason offense, Patrick Mahomes is going to be lethal. He's not vanilla. You could call a vanilla play, and if he's got to go off script, it, it goes from vanilla to uh, death by chocolate real quick. That's exactly what I was what I was trying to get at, so thanks for stating my point a little bit more clearly. Any other closing thoughts, anything else we want to mention before we get ready and you go to work and I get on a plane and, and at least you get to watch the game. Right. I'll, I'll have to catch it on replay. Yeah, uh, Zach Taylor calling plays, right? Yep. And first time calling plays, so... Yeah, we'll just monitoring him, watching him. This is a preseason game for him in all phases. I mean, he's going to take his bumps and learn some things, I'm sure. Uh, it'll be interesting if any of the, the reporters afterwards ask him about that and if he's open and honest about you know what he learned and what he's going to roll through and adjust as, as he does it. You know, I asked him about that when we talked to him, and we're going to play the quote. I am, you know, and we, and we do a lot of it uh, at practice where we don't script it. Yeah. Just because I think it's going to help us think and talk as a staff and talk through situations that occur and how, how do we need to handle that better in the game. We do a great job. So we constantly evaluate what our communication has been in practice. And we're always working like they already in our walkthrough. We've called 50 plays that were scripted. And so, yes, yeah, the first game where you get a reaction of the team, but, but we put a lot of work into this. So there's Zach Taylor saying, we've worked on this in practice. We've put a lot of work in. This is going to be his first test against another defense. And I'm sure he's excited. He he has a bit of a unique challenge ahead of him here. Yeah, definitely. So uh, something to keep an eye on from, from not just the players, but the coaching staff. So that is going to do it for our first game preview. 
The Bengals play the Chiefs tonight at 8 p.m. The Bengals play under the lights in Kansas City for one of their two primetime games, including the pre- and regular season of 2019. That'll do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a recap of the game. Looking forward to having some tape to watch and some game action to talk about, some players to talk about. Until then, Bengals fans, enjoy the game and have a good one. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.